When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Welcome to another episode of the Just Blog Baby podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Park, and joining me as always is the editor-in-chief of Just Blog Baby, Nick Jeltness, and our resident Twitter guru, Ryan Lopes. This week, we have a special guest, Eddie Borsilli of SiriusXM's Moving the Chains. Eddie, how you doing today? Guys, it's a pleasure to be on with you. Big fan of what you guys uh, do, especially on Twitter. So it's a real honor to be on with you guys tonight. Appreciate it. My man, Eddie. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on, Eddie. So let's uh, let's get rolling. And actually, before uh, before we dive too deep into the podcast stuff, quick question: I know you're a, a proud Staten Island guy, uh, Staten Island guy. So how is it that you came to be a, a fan of the Raiders? You know, I tell people all the time it's really my father's fault. My father uh, is a huge Giant fan, and he really didn't impose his will too much on me, uh, being a huge a Giant fan myself. So it was really my best friend Mike. We were. Uh, his dad was a huge Raider fan. We'd watch a lot of the, you know, 70s Raiders highlights and stuff like that. And I dug the silver and black, and I was like, you know what? This is my squad. So that's how it came to be. There we go. Love that, man. So, Eddie, man, so a little a little more background for those for those that, that don't don't know you or, you know, aren't, aren't following you on Twitter, which, again, everyone that listens to this pod has to has to change that after <laughs> after this episode. So uh, so kind of just give us a quick little background on how you became to be at, at Sirius and kind of just your passion for football. Just kind of give us a little quick quick synopsis, if you, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure, man. So after college, uh, I, I thought I wanted to be someone that's going to talk on the radio and be – you know, big radio TV star. Obviously, uh, my New York accent didn't help me in that aspect. But <laughs> I, I, I went, I went to uh, a, broad, a broadcasting school locally here, and one of the guys that ran it uh, knew somebody at Sirius. Kind of got my foot in the door, and now we're uh, 11 years later, kind of working my way up. Uh, I've been Life's mostly crazy, on yet. I've been on the NFL Channel now for a long time, uh, traveling quite a bit, going up to all the NFL events. It's uh, it's my passion, man. So it's been life's been good up to this point. Living it's the awesome, dream, bro. living the dream. All right, fellas, we've got a lot to cover, so let's get started. Uh, before we talk about the free agents on the open market, let's talk about Oakland's own set of free agents. Uh, we've got a list of 17 of them. Uh, we touched on this a few episodes ago, uh, but with Mr. Borsilli as our guest, let's revisit this. Uh, we'll go in blocks of three. Matty McGloin, Latavius Miller, Michael Rivera... Who stays Latavius and who goes? Murray. Latavius Murray. That's what I said. What did I say? Miller. <laughs> He's whatever. Miller. He's gone. He's we gone in my even, heart. So we, we don't even know his name anymore. He's yeah. Here. Anyways, so Latavius Miller and uh, Michael Rivera. Who stays and who goes? Eddie, you start. I honestly think, guys, Michael Rivera has the best case, well, best chance of staying with his football team. I think Matt McGloin really sealed his fate when he couldn't get it done versus the Broncos last year in the playoffs. They drafted Connor Cook to be the heir apparent, a fourth-round guy. Um, I, I just think Michael Rivera, you know, will, will be the guy that sticks um, out of that group. I mean, Latavius, and I know, I know this is going to, you know, feed right into Ryan's glory here, but I think Latavius <laughs> is gone. I like him. Per- I like him personally. I think he's a. I think he's a really, really good NFL back. I know he has his limitations, but I just think. He's going to get paid a pretty penny. I don't think he's going to be back either with McLean as well. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Eddie, on the Latavius part in particular. I mean, I, I'm definitely a fan of his. I don't think he, I don't think he's he's perfect. I don't think he's great by any means, but he's definitely better than I think most give him a credit for. But, you know, with that being said, that free agent market is awful. We I mean, we've talked about that on the pod here. So no doubt that he's going to land a, uh, a big deal somewhere and probably be gone. McGloin, I think that's an easy decision there to let him go. Uh, Rivera, I mean, I would like to see him back. He's he's you know proved himself as a you know kind of a reliable fail safe, but um, my thing is that Reggie McKenzie seems to have this affinity for Gabe Holmes. So if Clive Walford, Lee Smith come back and and McKenzie wants to see what Gabe Holmes uh, Gabe Holmes has to offer, I could see Rivera walking as well. Uh, but you know that one, you know I could see going either way. But yeah, like what you said about Latavius, that is definitely going to feed right into a, to what Ryan has to say. <laughs> yeah, I got I got out of that out of that group of three, I got I got nothing really additional to, to kind of pile on other than the fact that obviously Latavius Murray, man, I, yo, we've seen enough, man. The jury, <laughs> the fans have spoken. Let's go. All right. Next three up are Menelik Watson, Andre Holmes, and John Kondo. Eddie, you start again. I mean, John Kondo basically has a lifetime contract with the Raiders. So, I, you know, with him, he could just sign off and say, I'm coming back. <laughs> you know, he's a reliable long snappers are, are too few and far between this in this league. So I think, He's a guy that's, uh, you know, going to be back with his football team. I mean, Melanick, you know, he is what he is. I don't think he's a starting uh, tackle in this, in this league, maybe a guard. I just don't think he has the footwork for it, so I don't think he's going to be back. And I think Andre Holmes, guys, to be honest, and there was some buzz on Twitter around him today, I think teams are going to give this, going to throw some money at this guy. I think teams are going to want that big red, red zone target. You know, not crazy money. I don't think he's getting any, you know, all Sean Jeffrey type money, but I think teams are going to, value services and throw a little bit of money at him so i don't think the raiders are gonna really go overboard and trying to keep this guy if it's at a high price i wanted things to work with mendelik but he simply just can't stay healthy i mean we we saw him flash over years you know from time to time but you can't stay on the field you you know you can't stay on the team so i think he'll be uh, he'll be shown the door or or let walk uh you know without much hassle andre holmes um you know i, I definitely would like to bring him back he's someone i used to be critical of you know, in the past, but he proved to be a, a damn good special teams player, actually, and uh, and a pretty reliable red zone target. You know, if another team wants to offer him a few mil per season, you know, then like Eddie said, you know, maybe uh, the Raiders will just let him go. But that's one I, I would I would like to see back. You know, if it's reasonable, and then yeah, John Condo obviously bring him back, no question. I don't think we want another. What was it, Travis Goltel game? I know you guys oh remember boy. that one, right? Oh boy, <laughs> shivering, shivering right oh, now. Oh man, I forgot about that. All right, next up we got, uh, let's see, Malcolm Smith, DJ Hayden, and Nate Allen. That's a trio. Eddie, what do you think? I think I think all we, we could let all those dudes just uh, walk out the door. Obviously, uh, DJ Hayden will always be a little sour to us being a first-round pick and a guy that was Reggie's, you know, Reggie's baby at first. But, you know, he, he, clear to me that he's, he's nothing more than a fourth or fifth corner. He has a great story. Obviously, the kid came back. He almost died on the football field, so you got to give him credit mm-hmm. for that. Um, but I, I just don't think he has, you know, the talent at what it takes. Nate Allen is just the guy to me, another guy that's just veteran safety help. If they want to bring him back at a, a minimum, maybe, but I don't think so. And to me, you know, Malcolm Smith was just a liability in coverage last year. He's another guy, you know, Sands Super Bowl MVP. That's just a fourth or fifth linebacker on a football team. He's uh, he's good depth, but if he wants starting money, you know, all three of those dudes could just uh, take a walk. Yeah, I was I, I was really really critical of of Nate Nate Allen, uh, you know, the off season last off season, 
Um, and, and he actually surprised when he stepped on the field this year. Uh, you know, he was obviously healthy for the first time in a long time. So to, to Eddie's point, if he wants to come back on, you know, a one-year deal again, just purely for, for depth, I think that kind of makes sense. Obviously nothing really to add on, on, on DJ Hayden, a, a disappointment would be almost an, an understatement at this point. Um, and, and Malcolm Smith, um, if, if it wasn't for DJ Hayden, that, uh, I mean, it, it, it's a toss up between the two, right? As far as who, who really has that, that liability crown and just that, 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 <laughs> you know, it, it, but between the two of them, man, I mean, it's good riddance, unfortunately. Yeah. Malcolm and DJ are, are both no brainers. I mean, they, they both should be should be gone if this defense hopes to improve at all i mean both of those guys have no business playing as much as they have um and i'm on the fence about nate allen i think he would you know he filled in admirably last year but he's really just a you know a very replaceable asset you know if reggie wants to maybe add a free agency uh safety and another one in the draft or, or find two of them in the draft uh, you know let nate allen walk completely fine with that we got uh, Perry Riley, Brendan Trawick, Darren Bates, and Stacy McGee. They're the last four unrestricted free agents. What do you think? I think, I mean, honestly, you know, the guys like, you know, Stacy McGee is kind of a conundrum to me. I don't know what this guy is. He's flashed a couple times last year. Um, he's that big body in the middle that you kind of want, but I don't know if he could stay healthy. He hasn't proved that he could stay healthy. I'd want him back. Again, you're not bringing him back for any type of big deal. Bates and Trawick are both guys that you need back on this football team because they're both key special teams guys. They're guys that bring it uh, on that. Book. And, and the Raiders special teams, you guys know, have been garbage over the years. So they need guys that could play. And Trawick even played well in the secondary late in the season, so he'd be good depth as well. Uh, Perry Riley, to me, is is, is really a, one of the, the, the good questions of this offseason because he played decently well, you know, maybe another year in the system, I don't think he's going to want a lot of money. So if they don't go out and get a, a middle backer in free agency, which I can't see them doing, or in a draft, I think they can bring Perry Riley back uh, for another year. You know, in the grand scheme of things, you'd like him to be your number two. But, you know, this guy has, has performed pretty well. So I think, if, you know, if I had to answer, I think all four of them come back. Um, if any of them try to get outrageous with the money, I think you can let them walk. But I think Trollick and Bates are two guys you really need back on the football team. Yeah, I co-sign all of that. I would bring all four back, um, you know, given obviously that the the money isn't out of hand. Uh, Trawick and Bates especially, I mean, those are two of the better special teams players in the entire league. Riley, you know, I, I would like to bring back just seeing as that the linebacker position is so weak for this group. You know, if, if the Raiders can't find anyone better this offseason, he can still fill in as a spot starter for one more year at the very least. And yeah, with McGee, um, he's he's been up and down. Um, you know, he's flashed here and there, but the interior of the defensive line, you know, was another weak point for this defense. Um, you know, Dan Williams is a guy that might be showing the door. Justin Ellis, he's really, you know, kind of fallen off from where he was in his rookie season. Um, so I would bring McGee back just in, you know, in, in hopes that he, uh, you know, can find a little bit more consistency. Raiders got a few uh, restricted free agents, Danico Autry, Seth Roberts, Gabe Holmes, and Saquon Edwards. Um, what do we think about this group, Eddie? I mean, I think, uh, obviously, Seth Roberts is the guy that, you know, it's an automatic. He'll be back. He proved, despite the drops, despite the uh, inconsistency, uh, this guy, for an undrafted guy, really, you know, if you think about it, balled out last year. Uh, we mentioned Gabe, Gabe Holmes earlier. Reggie's got a little crush on him, so I think he'll be back. Autry's a guy that, you know, again, flashed some talent in the most depleted group 
as you guys mentioned before, the interior pass rush and the defensive line. You know, he really flashed some, you know, from some talent, especially blocking some passes um, off the line. So I think uh, Autry backs, Roberts back, Holmes back, and Saquon Edwards is, is just a guy, I think, you know, either way. Yeah, Seth, Seth Roberts, much like, um, you know, uh, Perry Riley, as far as storylines and stuff like that go this offseason, Seth Roberts is going to be real interesting. Um, I, again, I, I I don't think he's gone. I I do agree with, with that. I think you kind of have to bring it back. You know, all things considered, big picture, obviously. Uh, I, I've, I myself have cracked uh, a many a joke about about Seth Roberts, man. Honestly, just out of pure out of pure frustration, um, he had a couple games where he was, um, you know, nine, ten targets, whatever it was. Really, really frustrating stuff. All the drops, but again, big big picture. Derek seems to have a pretty good, you know, connection with them. So um, I imagine you know out of that group between him and then again Autry, I think Autry is going to be pretty pretty key just because you know the defensive line needs really all <clears throat> all the help it can get. So. Yeah, Seth is someone that I think most of Raider Nation, just because of the drops, are probably frustrated and, and just over him. And just kind of from what I've been seeing, what I've been seeing on Twitter, um, I know a lot of people want him to to be shown the door. But truth of the matter is, is he's he's going to be a really cheap option. Um, you know, the team as a restricted free agent surely is going to bring him back. If they do, you know, hopefully he, at least in my opinion, he isn't the starter again. They, I think they do need to find an upgrade. Um, and then Autry, yeah, he'll be back. Gabe Holmes, he'll be back. Saquon Edwards, he'll be cut, but I'm sure they'll bring him back on the 90-man roster just to compete in the preseason at the very least. Let's switch gears. Let's talk about these contract extensions. We know that uh, Derek Carr is up for an extension this offseason, uh, as is Gabe Jackson. Eddie, do you have any thoughts on how this will affect Oakland's salary cap? Yeah, so guys, I mean, this is the big uh, what to do. Obviously, the Raiders haven't been in this position for a long time having to pay a quarterback or anybody this, this massive kind of deal. And I know like people are getting really, really bent out of shape that the Raiders aren't going to have any money if they sign Carr and Mack. But I work with Pat Kerwin every day. Pat used to do the cap for the Jets. He was the personal guy for the Jets. He's really, really good with numbers. So I got into his head a little bit today. You know, and, and the way he loved what, he loves what Reggie McKenzie's doing because McKenzie's really, you know, he cleared the deck with the salary and now he's doing, doing these deals right. You know, the Carr deal and what Raider fans need to understand is you know, if we sign the guy to a five-year, $120 million contract, it's not like his car's not cap number is not going to be $25 million a year. If they give him a huge, now the key is not to get too, you know, bogged down with numbers here, but if they give him the signing bonus and split it with a roster bonus, so say he gets $40 million guaranteed. If they split 20 and 20 uh, in his contract for the year, that's $53 million of the whole contract right there. So you're looking at a salary cap hit for Derek Carr on a big-time contract year-to-year of $15, $16 million a year, which is not debilitating. So the fact that, you know, people are clamoring that Carr is going to have, you know, this monster contract, we're not going to be in to do anything, I think it's false. And I know Mac's coming up, but, you know, in 2018, guys, this team has $87 million in cap space. And we have a lot of the guys that are under contract, still under contract. So this team is going to have some flexibility. Even if Carr gets the deal now or before free agency or a little bit after and eats up about $17, $18 million in cap, this team's going to have some flexibility. So I don't think it's, you know, it's still, it's going to hurt. It's not like he's playing on the second round uh, draft pick anymore, but I don't think it's going to be Reggie's smart with the cap and smart with numbers where this is not going to be debilitating for this football team. I'm fired up, man. (laughs) I'm fired up. Let's go. Nick, uh, I saw that conversation you posted with uh, Jason from Over the Cap. Uh, did he have anything to add? 
Yeah, so I just wanted some clarification for a uh, an article I was doing for JBB about like a detailed cap breakdown, and I was curious as to know what he thought uh, Derek Carr's first year cap hit would be specifically, so we can you know try to figure out what kind of money McKenzie has to work with this offseason. And the way he explained it to me was that just based off of the way McKenzie typically does contracts, he just figures that Carr's first year cap hit is going to be twenty three million dollars. Um, and out of the 43 million that Oakland has in cap space, you know, that's going to drop it all the way down to 20. And uh, from there, I mean, it's just going to kind of, you know, dwindle, dwindle what's available. He did say that there are a few different ways that the first year cap hit could be reduced. Um, and that's basically what Eddie just went over, what Pat Kerwin told him. Uh, but in, in that case, um, you know, the way it was explained to me is that it, it essentially backloads the contract. Um, well, and you might end up with a couple of years at 25 or more, 25 or more million. But I mean, there's like Eddie said, there's several different ways that, you know, McKenzie can really go about it and it'll be interesting to see. Um, and yeah, Eddie, you, you had something else you wanted to add? Yeah, not to, not to jump on you there, but it just, and I, and I was, same thing, I was thinking the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want to do that. Most teams, to so say if like the Cowboys or the Redskins and they have $10 million and they got to sign a dude to a huge contract, that's what they'll do. They'll backload it. But with the cap squeeze they have, so now they have exactly. $46 million. You cut Dan Williams, you restructure a couple guys, get up to 55. And if you have that cap space, you know, if you have a car contract that's $20 million or $22 million, you're still playing with $30 million. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know what I mean? So I don't think – and, and let's be honest here, fellas. Tom Brady is making a million-dollar base salary this year. I'm not saying Derek Carr is going to be is going to be that guy and want to do it all for the team, but I don't think Carr, you know, he's going to get his money regardless. He's going to get paid. He's probably going to get another another contract after this. So why would he debilitate the franchise and the agent debilitate the franchise and say, "Hey, I'm going to come after you and take all this money"? I think he, you know, he's not going to take a team uh, a team friendly deal, but it's not going to be something that's going to cap this team where they can't sign Gabe Jackson. That would be that would be stupid on his part. Uh, Eddie, so. What happens if the Raiders do end up being strapped for cash? Are, are there any ways that they could uh, free up some money? Yeah, I mean, if you go up to guys like, I mean, I know I've said this in the past, if you got guys like Sean Smith, obviously Dan Williams is a cut. Um, Sean Smith, before March 11th, the way I understand it, if they cut him, you know, they're getting that $7 back, and they're not on the hook for a lot of dead money. Um, so there's guys, Amerson could be restructured. Um, there's ways they could, they could free up some money. There's not a ton of guys, but, you know, like you said, Reggie's done these contracts in such a way that, you know, he'll give himself flexibility. He's never going to put himself in a spot where the Raiders are going to be like, oh, my God, we're up against the cap, like, you know, a lot of the Al Davis days. So free agency is getting underway. Uh, The Raiders have plenty of needs to address. Eddie, how would you prioritize the Raiders' uh, free uh, free agency spending, uh, starting with the most important positions to address? You know what, guys, uh, after coming back from the combine and seeing what kind of talents in this draft, I mean, there's so much depth uh, in this draft, especially on the defensive side of the ball and the defensive secondary, that I've kind of changed my mind a little bit. Now, you know, this team dead last in sacks last year. They need to get to the quarterback. They need that inside push. They have Mack and Irvin coming up thing. My guy, my number one guy is Clayus Campbell. Now, you know, I'm not, and he's going to be 31 years old. I understand that, but he's a great leader. If you give him a three-year deal, a little bit of money this year, a little bit of money next year, this is the guy, you know, I'm not trying to blow smoke here, but he's the guy that could be a linchpin of a defense because he could really make things work for the guys on the outside. So priority-wise, I think inside pass rushers, uh, Calais Campbell, something like that, maybe a Jared Odrick, and then you go to the secondary. I mean, you know, and Ryan knows this, I love, I love my guy Tony Jefferson. 
Uh, I, ju- I just think he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid, you know, close to $10 million a year, and I just don't think they could afford that. Uh, but my next guy is Micah Hyde. I mean, Micah Hyde, as I tweeted today, under 27 years old, plays corner, plays safety, returns kicks. He's versatile. You get a guy like that on your football team, you know, Calais Campbell, Micah Hyde, I think you're cooking with gas on, you know, in, in free agency. Now, Ryan, I know you've been in the lab uh, with the pen and the pad, as they say, uh, tinkering, <laughs> doing some math. Uh, who, who do you got? No, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. And uh, I was just actually poking around today. Uh, I, I know Eddie, Eddie mentioned him. Uh, Micah Hyde, man, he's he's kind of like what people are projecting Jabril Peppers to be. I think Peppers is probably a little bit more athletic, but in general, you kind of get that, you kind of get that player that's going to end up filling a spot in the box. You can kind of play linebacker. You can, you can run with tight ends. You can slide outside a corner and stuff like that. Um, I think that's almost a no brainer. I think it's going to come at a, at a, at a reasonable price tag. Obviously you got the, you got the green Bay connection. Um, so, I mean, again, I, th- I think, I think those are the kind of players that you're probably looking at. Um, you know, if you're, if, if you're Reggie McKenzie and, and, and any of the Raiders as far as most important need uh, for me again I've been I've been I've been adamant you know during the season before last season during the season whatever it was secondary 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 so uh, to kind of go back a few questions Reggie Nelson I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen with him for me that's a player that I'm going to get rid of and look to look to look to upgrade so between cornerbacks and potentially you know uh, a free safety depending you know I mean obviously Carl Joseph can kind of slot back to free safety then we're looking at you know potentially needing someone in the box so a couple of different variables but for me uh cornerback hopefully all right so uh Eddie's definitely the guy to talk to when it comes to the free agent buzz uh you hearing any any names any rumors what do you got yeah guys I mean there's there's, there's some scuttlebutt now I always say this you know, in years past, before Del Rio McKenzie, the Raiders were a little more, uh, they, they flapped their guns a little bit more about what they were going to do in free agency. Jack and Reggie are a little more tight nipple what they want, but I know they want uh, a, a replace. I know they want a middle linebacker. I know they love Kevin Minter. I know they love uh, A.J. Klein from the Panthers. I've said that in the past. Uh, they, they like the versatility. They like the youth. You know, Reggie, again, he's not going after guys. They really, really, and this was last year, they were really close to signing Tony Jefferson as a restricted free agent. Um, and dealing with the compensation for that. They want Tony. Tony wants to come to Oakland, but the problem is he's going to get priced out. Some team's going to come overboard and pay him, and he's not going to be able to turn it down. Uh, so that's guys. The other guy that I've been hearing a lot in connection, I just don't, uh, you know, is, is Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson's made it clear to guys in Oakland, Derek Carr, and a lot of guys on the offensive staff that he wants to come to Oakland. Now, again, we're falling prey to the, you know, B-plus players getting paid A-plus money. And that's where it's going to fall. If Deshaun gets a five-year deal from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's not going to come. But I think you know if you wait if you wait out the free agent stuff a little bit, there's going to be some some second-level guys um, on the market that come. There's two other cornerbacks that really have have made it known they want to come. Alter and Werner basically told me without anybody that he would love to come play in Oakland. I don't know if the feelings I don't know if the feelings mutual from the Raiders and a guy that just got cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars is Devon House. Devon House came close to signing with the Raiders before he signed in Jacksonville, but again he got a big time deal. So there's some guys, middle of the road guys that uh, would love to come to Oakland, and that's what I really I should have said this earlier. Isn't it magical that players want to come play in Oakland? Life's crazy. I mean, honestly, 
right? For years, we all talked about, oh my God, nobody wants to come here. How do we get guys? Now dudes are literally lining. Look at Adrian Peterson as that, lining up at the door to come play for the Raiders. <laughs> unbelievable, really, man. AP's pops is all over it, man. <laughs> we started to get that feeling a little bit last year when some of those guys, top guys, were being connected to the Raiders, like Eric Weddle and Kirk Morrison, I think, was the one that tweeted it out that players were texting him saying that they wanted to go to the Raiders, which, yep, yep. yeah, speaks, speaks volumes to what you were just saying, how, you know, just how much things have changed. I mean, before we used to have to try to pay Javon Walker close to record money just to come here. Al Davis, man, rest his soul. (laughs) <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's good to be uh, on this side of uh, of the grass. We've got some Twitter questions. Uh, this one's for you, Eddie. Uh, is it <laughs> at BLK Man thirty five? I didn't want to say Black Man because it, it could be it could be Bulk Man. There's a lot of different you know it yeah, could be Block Man. Right. So I didn't want to assume. Right. <laughs> but uh, BLK Man thirty five asks: If you were in the catbird seat, would you prefer uh, would you pursue Stefan Gilmore? No, I, I mean, look, in, in a perfect world, yes. But with cornerbacks getting paid now, I don't think he is. I, see, I'm, I'm torn a little bit because I, you see what Janoris Jenkins got. You see what we paid Sean Smith. I think Gilmore is a notch below Jenkins and a little bit above Sean Smith. That's a good way to put uh, it. But there, there, was, there was times last year that dude got roasted. Now, everybody wants to look at the physical nature. He's got picks. He's got size. But so did Sean Smith. You know, and if it's going to come over here and we're going to run the same scheme – it's not going to be worth it. So at the money, I would love Stephon Gilmore on my football team for Sean Smith money, but not for what he's going to get paid. He's going to get paid more than Janoris Jenkins money. I've got a question. What is a cat bird seat? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> That's an interesting one to me, man. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think looking looking from above, and you can see all. That's my take. Okay. See, I wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one who didn't know what that meant. So <laughs> I, was, I was trying to play it off. So, uh, <laughs> Ryan, uh, name five players that you want to see the Raiders sign, realistically. Yeah, so that, and, and, that's, and that's a good way to phrase it because – Keeping keeping things realistic is going to make this kind of que- this question uh, you know interesting. Obviously, Eddie mentioned Calais Campbell, and again, um, Oakland's going to have some money to play with, but I just think the market for for Campbell is going to be really really big. Um, at the top of my realistic list, um, I would probably put uh, I would probably put Deshaun Jackson. Um, again, I'm 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 fairly confident he's going to end up in Tampa Bay. But uh, if, you know, if, if, if what Eddie's bringing to, to, to the table is true, you know, and, 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 and he, he has the want to come to Oakland and, and it's, it's reciprocated, I think that's a pretty, it's a pretty real, realistic name. Um, I, I, I'll jump on board with uh, Micah Hyde, AJ Klein makes, makes sense again, youth players that fit and, 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 and fit and fill, fill a need. Um, I'm I'm definitely a bit higher on Stephon Gilmore, but again, I think he's going to be really, really expensive as most cornerbacks are. So probably going to price himself right out of there. Um, again, Tony Tony Jefferson is definitely on the list, but again, same same kind of deal. He's he's he's, he's going to get paid, and you know I'm I'm not sure that McKenzie's got got that kind of coin to 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 throw around. So Eddie, uh, who would you like to see end up in silver and black? Now are we doing like fan like like. Like uh, fantasy, you know, guys oh, like re- realistically, uh, realistically, who do you think okay. that I mean that, that the Raiders have a chance to pursue? Yeah, I think obviously a lot of the same guys. I think uh, Clayus Campbell will be number one for me. I think Tony Jefferson will be number two. Um, I just think, like Ryan said, Deshaun Jackson makes so much sense for this football team uh, in the in the slot. We don't have that that deep threat. 
uh, to go down in the middle of the field and really, really cause havoc. Um, I love uh, I love my boy Micah Hyde. I really think that he uh, is someone that can help this football team. Um, and the fifth, I was thinking about, I mean, you know, in, in a perfect world, I would love to sign a guy like Brandon Williams from the Ravens um, and put him in the and put pricey him in the though, middle right? as well. He's going to be pricey, and you know, he, he's basically a younger younger version of Dan Williams, only by a little bit. But yeah, you know, he's going to be able to stop the run. Uh, so he's another guy I would like. An- another guy in the middle. What about uh, Poe from 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 Kansas City? I don't know if he's I don't know if he fits scheme wise. I really don't. Uh, I think he I think he's more of an end in the three four. So I think he, you know, I, I know we do some hybrid stuff. There's another guy too. I, I really like, and I, I think he's in. Yeah, you know, the story of this podcast. This guy's getting overpaid, but I think Jonathan Hankins from the Giants, uh, 25 years old, a guy that was hurt last year. He tore his pec, but he really, really is can penetrate for the middle. Um, if he was someone they would target, I would love that that have that dude on my football team. Mm-hmm. Nick, you got a couple names for me. Yeah, I mean a lot of the same guys that that have already been been mentioned. Um, just to maybe throw out a, a different one, um, you know, I would really like to replace Reggie Nelson, get a safety of the future uh, alongside Carl Joseph. Uh, Tony Jefferson obviously stands out as the number one option. Uh, if not, uh, Deron Harmon from the Patriots, I think would be you know intriguing. A guy who might get seven or million, seven million or so per year. Um, he's like twenty five, twenty six years old. Um, you know, got pretty good experience there as a third safety in New England. He would be a, an interesting acquisition to me. Uh, Micah Hyde, definitely someone that I I've, have written a, a couple articles about um, where I have included him um, on uh, <clears throat> on the site. So he's he's someone I'm I'm pretty high on. Um, Zach Brown, definitely someone that I, I really wanted to uh, to add last year uh, that the Raiders I think failed to uh, to scoop up. Had another big year in 2016. Uh, so for a linebacker, that that would be one that that I would like to add there, uh, and just throw a a veteran name out there. I'm actually pretty intrigued by by Terrence Newman. I haven't seen anyone really mention him. I mean, he's 37, 38 years old, and I know he's considering retirement, but he's coming off two really phenomenal years for the Vikings. And what st- kind of stands out to me about that is he can come in on a one year deal, play at a high level. The Raiders need probably two or three cornerbacks you know why not add one vet in there who can come in and play at a high level not put any long-term strain on the salary cap draft a couple guys to you know kind of bring up and and who can start to take over uh when when Newman you know eventually leaves after a one-year deal so those are a handful of guys that uh you know that I would like to see end up here all right let's go back to the Twitter mailbag aviation 1776 wants to know what the best contract Adrian Peterson could hope to see in Oakland is. Um, Eddie, you take that one. I think it would be no contract. Um, <laughs> I'm a little... <laughs> here's, the thing, guys. here's the thing, guys. Adrian Peterson, we all know and love him. Um, the guy is a Hall of Fame running back, but there's two, there's two problems with this guy. Um, if you want to tell me he's going to come here one year, even... All right, I, I take that back. Adrian Peterson, if he's on your football team, the offense is forced to give him the football. You're going to be under pressure. And you see how when he came back last year, that Viking offense changed. That Viking offense was, was, was playing decently well with Sam Bradford. When AP came back, it, you felt like you had to give him the ball. So I, I feel like it's a hindrance to the offense a little bit. And number two is we run out of the shotgun a lot. He can't take handles out of the shotgun. That's not what he does. So I really, I really think the, na- the name is more sexier than what – it provides. I'm good with you know another veteran running back. I'm good with Eddie Lacy. I'm good with you know as long as he stays under like 280. 
Uh, I'm good with uh, <laughs> another veteran running back. Uh, China food. You know, yeah, yeah. As um, I'm good with another uh, Legarrette Blunt, even though he's going to get a lot of money. I'm good with another veteran running back. I mean, even though the fantasy in me wants to see Adrian Peterson in the Raider uniform, I just don't see the fit. Yeah, I think uh, Ryan and Nick were both saying, uh, was it last week that you'd, you'd pass on AP? Yeah, I was going to pass on, on AP. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I've said on the podcast before, my dad's side of the family grew up in Minnesota. They're all big Vikings fans, so grew up with a soft spot for, you know, that squad. So, you know, I definitely love AP. And, you know, if this was Madden and it was a perfect world, I, w- I would love to sign him. But, you know, injury history, recent injury history is bad. Um, you know, he's, he's not a, a young 31, 32-year-old back anymore. That's got a, you know, a good, good bit, clean bill of health. Um, and as Eddie pointed out, I think most importantly, he's just not a good fit on this team. We run too much out of shotgun. He's a liability as a pass blocker and not that good of a pass catcher. Um, so I just don't see the, the fit happening here. Uh, you know, maybe if he could sign a, a one year, really low deal, like two, three million, something like that. But you know, that's, yeah. well, that that's was, not going to happen. So, you know, it's a pass. That, that was going to be my question. Is there, is for, for Eddie, for, for D for Nick, is there a number that would make, again, I, I, I'm completely in agreement that it it just doesn't make sense, but I I find it a little bit funny how many fans just absolutely detest this guy nowadays and are so and are so you know adamant against you know just avoiding paying this dude. Is there a number that makes sense? Is it is it a one year deal for like three million three point five? That is like okay, let's kind of kick the tires so to speak and see and see you know what happens. I think so. Maybe at you know two million, three million, because at that point, you know, if he's a, a low a low dollar player, I mean, then you're only using him in third and short, second and short situations around the goal line, um, and I think you probably aren't as inclined to to have him out there. You know, all the times the, the Raiders are running shotgun, um, so I think it makes me you know make some sense in that capacity. But I think that's a pipe dream for him to take that little money yeah. to, to come here. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, the Raiders paid Trent Richardson not to play, so I mean, <laughs> wh- why not, right? <laughs> uh, let's stick with some more question and answers. Uh, let's see here. McLovin879 asks, Love that. Would you rather have Nick Perry or Perry Riley Jr. or Donta Hightower? Ryan, you first. I mean, that's a pretty obvious question, but Ryan, you first. Yeah, I mean, again, pretty, pretty pretty obvious answer there i'm i'm taking perry i think it was i think it was nick perry and perry riley the both of them or Dante hightower would you rather the two guys or the one i got you i got you um i think even still i'm probably taking i'm probably taking hightower i think nick nick actually tweeted and i completely this completely glossed over me man i think hightower is only what bro like 25 26 uh which is i i i thought he was like a 28 20, 29 year old kid but so super super young but again uh t- so to answer this question high tower realistically again just a, another name that's probably gonna you know price himself price himself out outside of uh outside of oakland so all right next question lakers raiders 23 asks if the raiders should go all in on free agency and take the risk of car and mac walking or Ooh. buy low and hope the pieces pan out Nick, what do you think? I don't think there's any any way, <laughs> shape, or form you should take the risk to not extend Carr or Mac just to go all in on free agency. I mean, every single year we see teams go all in on free agency and spend crazy amounts of money, and then they don't end up making the playoffs. 
like the Jacksonville Jaguars, what, two years in a row? The Dolphins before that, the Buccaneers before that. Such winners, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe, I don't know, the Giants, I think, have one big year. So, I mean, every single year we see people sign all these big-name free agents. I mean, we even saw in Oakland, we signed Sean Smith. That didn't work out. Um, so no chance that we should go all in on free agency and, and risk losing the homegrown talent or, or even risk letting the homegrown talent hit the free agent market. I mean, you don't want to take that chance at all. Could we have this question like? Could we have this question stricken from the record? Is that possible? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, I mean, some is, of these questions are. <laughs> I know. No, 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 no disrespect, but there is absolutely no chance. You know, it, it, unless Cara Mack does something off the field that's just ungodly that any exactly. that these guys are going anywhere anytime soon. These guys will be the face of the franchise. For the next 10 years. And Game changers, man. Yeah, you know yeah. what baffles me, man? People love free agency. Like, people live for it. I just, it confuses me every single year. I don't know if it's just because we all grew up playing Madden, just spending ridiculous amounts of money on, on your our free agents there, but I don't know. It's just people people love to spend money in free agency. I think, I mean, for, for Oakland fans, man, right? Like, that's all we had. We had Al Davis behind the desk, man, just shelling out stupid amounts of money for players that didn't deserve it. So for us, that was, you know, the off-season is when, is when shit got fun, right? It's how we I just operate. Think it's like, yeah, I just think it's like Christmas. It's like, you know, people just sitting there waiting on shiny new toys. And think about it. I mean, guys, I mean, the, the season's a long time away. You know what I mean? It's just like the draft when you know people are just sitting here and they're, they're fiending for NFL stuff I mean you get a new player in your team this year at this time every single team has a chance in the NFL from the Raiders to the Cleveland Browns to everyone so if you guys go out there and get a new player I mean it's just you know it makes you happy Nick you've been saying that you didn't think the uh, free agent hall this year was was that impressive um are there any under the radar targets that the Raiders might be looking at yeah, like I said, I've just kind of been saying with the cap room, and even if the Raiders do have some spending money, um, you know, with Khalil Mack coming up, uh, Mark Cooper's going to be after that, Gabe Jackson's got to be extended. There's still a lot of money that needs to be dished out. I just don't see McKenzie roping himself into any long-term huge dollar free agency contract. So some under-the-name players, you know, guys that can maybe be quality rotational guys or, or perhaps spot starters here. Um, John, Sim- uh, John Simon, edge rusher over on the Texans. He's a guy that's good for, you know, three or four sacks per year. Um, Raiders being dead last in sacks. Um, and Khalil Mack and Bruce Irvin accounted for 72% of uh, the Raiders sacks last year which is you know not a, not a good thing it's good for them not good for Some the rest of the team them. yeah they they need help so even a guy that's going to cost two or three million dollars a year that can grab a couple sacks you know would, would be a nice addition uh, similar things could be said for uh, Alex Okafor uh, big body pass rusher from the Cardinals guys like 6'5 260 kind of the same deal good for three or four sacks um, I think Eddie mentioned Kevin Minter very briefly earlier and AJ Klein both those guys are 25 26 years sold inside linebackers that you know were spot starters or backups primarily um, you know kind of reminiscent of what Malcolm Smith was in Seattle but you know hopefully if one of those two guys can come on board have a little bit more success here uh, we talked about Micah Hyde already. Um, Dayton Jones is another one that's kind of interesting. Another Green Bay Packer, jack-of-all-trades kind of deal, but for the front seven. I mean, he plays inside and out. He can rush the passer. Um, so a, lot, a couple of those guys are, are the ones that stand out to me. Maybe even Ryan Griffin, the Texans tight end. If uh, Rivera is showing the door, he's kind of a guy that is, is very similar. So those are some names for me, some kind of low-key names that I would like to see come on board. All right, so the two guys I really like that are kind of low-key. I don't know if one of the guys is low-key. One of the guys is Benny Logan, the defensive tackle from the Eagles. 
Um, another, you know, the, the, okay. the, the, the conversation is always you guys under 27. Under 27, um, he had like six sacks a couple years ago. I think that guy can come in and give you some versatility. And another guy is, you know, he kind of flamed out for the Bucks a little bit, but he played well in Arizona, is DJ Swearinger. Another younger guy, secondary secondary guy. Hitter, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think he uh, I think he can come in and add something. Maybe low-key guys, maybe on a one-year prove-it deal. Yeah, DJ Swanger's got like he's got like the best draft mixtape that that's ever been made. You guys remember when he got drafted? They showed the film. He was just lighting up everybody. I I I, yeah, I, yeah, I wanted did. him in Oakland ever since that happened. I was kind of bummed when he flamed out, but yeah, he's made a nice little resurgence. It'd be kind of fun to see him and and the Hitman back there. You can bet that uh, that no one's going to be wanting to go across the middle. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, let's switch gears and move to the draft. Uh, Eddie, you were actually at the Combine. Um, what was it like? Talk about it. Yeah, the Combine's a great experience, guys. Everybody uh, has got their feet to the ground on the Combine, um, every GM exec and all those guys. Um, I like the Combine from the aspect of I get to shake uh, the players' hands. I get to size them up a little bit. Um, you know, I remember a couple of years ago meeting Brian Arakpo, and, he, you know, I looked at the guy. I thought he was just like, you know, the biggest human being I've ever seen. <laughs> and then Michael Crabtree, Crabtree, funny. The two two stories were real quick. Crabtree uh, basically was like the biggest jerk of all time. Didn't want to do nothing. And then Jeremy Macklin, you know, went up to him and was like, "Hey man, you look good in silver and black." And he was like, "No nah, man, I'm not playing there." So two guys right off the bat. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's my that's my kind of like combine. I kind of I like to kind of size so, size guys up. So when uh, real quick, just to jump in, when Crabtree signed with the Raiders, what uh, what were your thoughts? Were you uh... Were you still a little? little I was skeptical, you know. Yeah, I was skeptical. You know, you just you get that diva mindset. Uh, you get that that thing in your head, and you, you guys know it's in football and life and anything. Uh, first impression kind of goes a long way. So I was like, you know what? I'll kind of give him the benefit of the doubt, but I was still, I still had my uh, my you know wears about him, if you he's, will. Uh, he's won you over by yeah, now, right? Yeah. Uh, absolutely, dude. Chain and all. <laughs> now, <laughs> while you were at uh, Indianapolis, or while you were in Indianapolis, I should say, uh, did you hear or see anything? Like, did the Raiders uh, interview any particular prospects? The, the Ra- now the com- the, yeah, the combine, um, you know, is it's similar to the Senior Bowl, where a lot of guys are, are meeting with a lot of different teams. Um, the Raiders definitely had um, a lot of, you know, any people that I talked to within that organization. You know, you look at them and say, well, you know, what do you guys need? And the first answer is always defense. They know the defense stunk last year. They, they interviewed a lot of DBs. They interviewed a lot of defensive linemen. Um, uh, a couple guys off the bat, uh, Tredavious White from, from, L, uh, from LSU, uh, Josh. He just, he just feels like, he just feels like a, like a McKenzie. Yeah, but I, just, I don't, I, 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 don't, I don't think he could, I don't think he's, I don't think he'd flip his hips uh, as well as I would like in the, in the okay. first round. Uh, guys like Josh Jones from NC State, uh, they like the Caleb mm-hmm. Brantley from Florida. And a guy that's uh, I really like maybe in the third round is Dalvin Tomlinson from Alabama, the defensive lineman. You know, Jonathan Allen gets all the love, but this guy really uh, made an impact he could on the other side. Um, but those are the guys that, you know, they went hard even at the senior bowl. Uh, every time I looked at, at a Raider personnel guy, there was someone from the defensive side of the ball talking to those guys. All right, let's talk running backs. Ryan, which backs caught your eye at the Combine? Uh, were there any disappointments? Oh, man. Well, obviously, I mean, for me right now, my my eye is set on, on one running back in particular, man. My boy Christian McCaffrey, man, showed out. Obviously, came in a little bit, you know, 
202 pounds, only put up 10, 10 reps on the bench, but everything else, man, the kid, the kid is just so fluid, man. Um, I've, I've talked to Eddie about him a little bit. I know Eddie's not quite on board with me there yet, but, uh, I would, I would say McCaffrey winner for sure. Uh, I also wrote up, uh, Alvin, uh, Kamara, who I'm a, a, a big, big fan of. He, he was, he was one of the, one of the top testers. Um, I was a little disappointed personally with Jamal Williams. He didn't, he, I mean, I, I, I didn't think he'd be obviously a, a top, you know, type athletic tester and, 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 uh, but I, I expected a, a lot more, um, and, and not a player on Oakland's radar, but a player that just disappointed as far as running back goes, uh, Dalvin Cook, man, he had probably one of the, one of the most underwhelming weekends that, that I can remember for, for a kid that was probably pegged to be a top, a top 10 or, or 15 selection. Eddie, you have any thoughts on any running backs? Any? Uh... Yeah, yeah, we we actually met. I met a bunch of them. I met uh, McCaffrey, Kamara, Cook. I met basically all the top running backs. McCaffrey, you know, McCaffrey checks all the boxes for you. He really does. The guy, if you if you land this guy on your football team, and and you know, I was going back and forth with Ryan a little bit. I just don't think in the first he's gonna go. He's gonna be a first round pick. So let's just get that on the board. He's not a first round need for the Raiders, even though I would love him to be. I love his versatility because if you think about it, he's a top three running back in this in this class he might be a top 10 wide receiver and he gives you the, the kick in the punt return so this guy's I, I honestly think he's a game changer I was impressed uh with Alvin Kamara uh from Tennessee as well he really owned owned up when he came out with us he really owned up uh some of his off the field stuff and he looks like a, a, a big versatile back I was not impressed uh with Deontay Foreman from Texas he really didn't give me uh the buzz and Dalvin Cook like he said he was a little underwhelming even when I met him he didn't give you that uh, that aura that this guy was going to be able to take it to the next level. Now, before we move on to the next position, we got another question from Twitter. Ryan, this one will be for you. Looks like Sergeant Raider wants to know, um, would drafting McCaffrey hurt the development of Washington or uh, Richard since the Raiders would still need a bigger back? Or would would uh, or would or he play a Tyreek Hill type role? Uh, so I, I mean, again, I think if if you're drafting McCaffrey into into Eddie's point, he's absolutely a first round kid. So if if you're drafting McCaffrey at 24 overall, he's he's in line for you know the the lion's share of, of of the work. You know, he's he's a kid that's gonna get 15 to 17, you know, you know carries, probably four to six, you know, type type passes out of the backfield. So he's definitely getting the bulk of the work. So I think you know just inherently given his draft position, given the type of talent he is, yeah, he's he's gonna get more of the work, and he's he might end up stunting the growth of someone like you know Jalen Jalen Richard but again I think I think you know Richard and Washington prove they can still be factors uh even you know based on on uh on, on limited work um again going back to the to, to the bigger back type question here uh, again I think McCaffrey's you know to to sound cliche I think he's a lot more physical than he's than he's given credit for obviously he's not 230 pounds he's not he's not you know routinely running over you know running running over defenders but a lot of his work at Stanford was 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 done in in between the tackles, um, and he's 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 definitely able to, to you know lo- lower his shoulder and kind of and kind of get you know the hard three four yards. So that 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 definitely stood out to me on tape because again you you see a kid with his build, um, you you're, you're definitely a, a a bit skeptical. But again, I, I think he's a lot more physical than he's than, he, than he's given given credit for. Um, it, it'd be nice to have a bigger back, but again, I think someone like McCaffrey, just given the talent, just makes so much sense. Um, and as far as the the, the Tyreek Hill type role again, like 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 Eddie said, this kid's hands are are so natural that he, you can throw him out in the slot. You got him on special teams. I, th- I think he's given he's given you that that three back th- that that three down back type type role, and he's he's given you all that other stuff as just a, an, an added bonus, you know. So, 
Eddie, while you were in Indy, did you uh, did you scoop any wide receivers that the Raiders might be able to draft? Yeah, the the, the couple guys. Obviously, John Ross uh, won the combine with his forty time, and and if you go back to the Deshaun Jackson argument, he's exactly what the Raiders need. But uh, you know, in the slot, guy that can stretch the field. But again, he's a locked first round pick, and again, it's not really a need. A couple guys that really that I really fell in love with, even after the Senior Bowl, is Zay Jones out of East Carolina. This guy, uh, you know, in the game in the Senior Bowl showed why you know he caught a million passes at East Carolina. He ran a good he ran a good forty time. I really think he le- he leapfrogged uh, Cooper Cup into like the top four conversation uh, at wide receivers. And there's a couple guys you know lower on the list. Dede Westbrook he has some off the field concerns from Oklahoma. Uh, but the tape, you know, speaks for itself. And then Chris Goodwin from Penn State um, really uh, shined at the combine. A little guy that could be a late round steal. And then one other is Josh Reynolds from Texas A&M. Big target, six four, one ninety. Um, a, a guy that could be a replacement for Andre Holmes later in the draft. Yeah, not. To, I don't have too many names to uh, to add to that. I mean, a lot of the com- combine guys have been. Uh been talked about quite a bit uh chris godwin penn state uh, as eddie just mentioned definitely uh would be a nice get um 6-1 209 ran a 4-4-2 really impressive day across the board uh, zay jones i think solidified himself is, is probably a second round pick um and then probably the most actually the most athletic receiver in the draft that, that i saw that just lit it up across the board was a uh, robert davis wide receiver from georgia state not really a name that a lot of people knew coming in but He's a six three two nineteen ran a four four forty forty one inch vertical. His broad jump was in the ninety eighth percentile amongst all receivers that have ever taken it. Um, yeah, he, he just across the board lit it up. So he made himself some money as as a guy that was considered a, a very late round guy, sixth or seventh round. Probably bumped himself up a round or two. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty good day uh, from from some of the receivers. Uh, definitely a position I hope that the Raiders draft. You know. You know, at least late, a late round, grab one of these athletes and, and see if they can turn into something. All right, let's switch sides and talk about the defense. Uh, it looks like the DBs stole the show at the Combine. Eddie, who were the big winners? Guys, I mean, I, I can't stress enough how excited I am about this corner and secondary population. And to go back to touch on a little bit how it's going to affect, this is going to directly correlate how the free agent market plays out because this draft is so, like I said it before, this draft is so deep at corner and safety that veteran cornerbacks are going to have a hard time getting deals. Um, you know, the guys that are on the fence because of this talented crop. I mean, look at the top. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore, Sidney Jones. I mean, even uh, I think Gary and Conley from Ohio State worked himself into first-round material uh, with, the, with the showing he put on um, in Indy. There are a lot of guys. Kevin King. We had Kevin King from Washington on today. 6'3". He was a little bit skinny. He said he didn't grow uh, – Oakland kid. Uh, he said he didn't grow until his junior year of high school, and then he sprouted up. I mean, this corner population is so freaking loaded. I mean, there are guys, and, and that goes to my point about what, what the Raiders should do, and I know we'll talk about it later, at 24, is because you don't know. I would like them to go corner at 24, but you might be able to just sit there in the second round and get someone of equal talent um, you know, at, at that pick. So uh, there are so many guys that stood out. Um, I think the guy that hurt himself the most was Tez Tabor from Florida. Ran four four six four seven. It really didn't. Uh, it really didn't. Um, you know, flash in the pan. And then the safeties. You know, if we, we could do that here, but uh, my guy Obi Wan Wafu from from Connecticut. Buda Baker's my guy. I mean, these guys. I mean, I'm telling you guys, there are so many players in this draft that it's the pick of the litter. Not to mention Jamal Adams, who, if I had my my drillers, I I would trade up to number one to get this guy because this guy is an absolute wow. stud. 
yeah, I, I I didn't realize that that Eddie was on was on Jamal like that. I know, and obviously Jamal's a fantastic player, so that that I, I definitely wouldn't argue. I know, um, obviously again, just to kind of echo, uh, Marshawn Lattimore a- answered every single question. Obviously tested out, you know, dudes dudes an absolute freak. I, I I imagine he's probably a lock for top top ten or something like that. Um, but uh, as far as winners, uh, you know, Lattimore Jones, uh. Kevin King was probably like a third, third, fourth round type player for me. And obviously the way he tested um, absolutely stole the combine. So he's probably worked himself into the, into the second round, late second, you know, um, and, and just to, just to flip, flip the script, you know, T's, T's Tabor, man, he was, he was my, my favorite cornerback in this class and just, just an absolute head scratcher um again wasn't a burner on 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 tape or you know watching watching him play but those those combine numbers were just really really weird i think i think he benched you know eight 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 or nine or something like that as well as well so just a just a really really funny funny weekend for him unfortunately looks like we got another question from twitter and it looks like it's from uh, sergeant raider again (laughs) Uh, thoughts on drafting obi or jabril and moving carl joseph to free safety uh Let's hear from all of you on this one. Um, let's see here, man. Obviously, like like Eddie said, Ob absolute stud. I mean, physical f- physical freak, right? I mean, uh, zero zero questions there. Um, I know I was I was reading uh, Tony Tony Pauline who runs the draft analysis site. I know he he kind of heard some whispers that uh, some 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 scouts and some front office type people were saying that he, despite his size, despite his build, he's absolutely rocked up. Despite all that, he plays a little bit soft at times. So that's just something. So something to kind of note. Um, so I would definitely draft Obi uh, or, and honestly, man, Jabril, super, super polarizing, right? Not, not many people kind of really know where to put him, what to do with them. You know, Jabril himself said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a safety. So again, I'm drafting Jabril as early as 24. I'm throwing him in the box. I have no problem sliding Carl back and let's go. Yeah. In a perfect world. I mean, I rather uh, draft, I, I'd rather move Carl over to free safety and sign Tony Jefferson even though I love these dudes. And I'll speak on what Tony Pauline had to say. I was on the sideline during the senior bowl when Obi was laying the wood to a lot of these dudes in the box, just roughing these guys up. So I don't think, I don't think physical, you know, I worry more about him, you know, flipping his hips and kind of turning around and going to chase guys, even though he's got freakish speed. Um, but I am totally, I am totally down. The guy I love is Buda Baker from Washington. I just think this guy could play the honey badger role. Uh, on defense for us even if we kept Reggie Nelson for a year I think this guy and then he can move to free you know you worry a little bit and Ryan and I had this conversation about the height because uh, him and Carl are both going to be around 5'9 five, 5'8 five, um, I don't think it really matters too much as long as they can go up but you know you want a guy like Obi Milamafu to be in the middle when, when Travis, Travis Kelsey's shutting his stuff in the middle of the field to, to put him on to put him on his ass you know so I'm down I'm down with any of those safeties there I, I love I really love these safeties in this class all right, let's move to the front seven. Uh, Oakland could definitely use a little bit of help on the inside and outside linebacker positions. Um, how were the combine performances? Was, was there anyone that stood out, Eddie? Yeah, guys, I mean, the, the talk uh, all the time was Jonathan Allen, but I think the guy that really has leapfrogged them now is Solomon Thomas from Stanford. Uh, if, you, if you look at this guy, he really is a player that could be like another Aaron Donald. Um, he's really quick. He's really fast. Um, you know, I've seen mocks. Uh, I, I've seen mocks where Jonathan Allen. The, the the worry about Jonathan Allen is he has two arthritic shoulders, so teams are really worried about 
um, his long-term you know, aspirations or long-term wear in the NFL. So those two guys, really, I like Caleb Brantley from Florida as well. Um, it's not the deepest class on the defensive line. I don't, uh, to be honest, guys, I, I don't think they're going end. I really don't think. I know they love the guy from Villanova. There's been reports they love the guy from Villanova. Um, I just don't think edge or end uh, are, are, are positions they're going to go high in this draft unless someone crazy falls to them. But I think interior guys, I mean, Salomon Thomas is going to be way gone. I would think Jonathan Allen will be way gone. But you never know. The medical, if that dude falls, I'd be, I'd be oh, my God, I'd be doing backflips to get that guy. Yeah, real, real quick, going back to what Tony, Tony P said, I, I heard that Caleb Brantley was kind of a, you know, that, that this might have been actually Eric, uh, Eric at home, I think it is, over, over at Yahoo. I think he was reporting that Brantley kind of was a, was a bit of a questionable interview. And Eddie, another kid that, that you and I had talked about, Malik McDowell, I know, again, I, I heard the same kind of character flags come up. So do, do, do you hear anything about, about either of those? Yeah, I'll say this, and I work with Jim Miller every day who, who went to Michigan State and broadcast their games. He knows Malik McDowell well. He said he wouldn't take Malik in the first four rounds of this draft. I also, Ooh, told, so I, I also talked to another Yikes. guy, another scout down in Indy who said that this guy is an absolute team wrecker, that Oof. you do not want this guy Oof. in his football team. So, I, I look, if this guy falls to the third round, maybe you take him, but I really would stay clear of this dude. He really doesn't do anything for me. I don't think it's worth the risk. You know, of a guy, he's not talented like Jonathan Allen, where he could really warrant being on the football team. I'd stay away from this dude. Damn, Eddie. Uh, any defensive linemen or edge rush, edge rushers of note? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, you know, like I said, I don't think it's a really uh, a need for this football team. I really don't think uh, they're gonna go in that way. I love Taco Charlton from Michigan. I think that guy is gonna be a top 15 pick. I really think he was edge. A, a guy that I really fell in love with. Uh, I keep mentioning the senior bowl, but he had a con- great combine as well. It was Jordan Willis out of Kansas State. Yeah, he's got he's this guy this weekend. Yeah, he's really, really, really good. I mean, um, you know, uh, edge guys, I really don't think, guys. I mean, you know, I don't want to mention the, the taboo word of Alden Smith, but, I mean, if we have Bruce and we have Khalil, I mean, I don't really think that's a need. But some of those guys, uh, Taco, Derek Barnett, uh, you know, Takarik McKinley, uh, Tack, he just had shoulder surgery, so that would be a little worris- worrisome. But um, I think – yeah, those guys are really set out the combine this week. Yeah, Nick, give me some uh, give me some linebackers that you're looking at. Yeah, the one that stands out the most to me is uh, is going to be Raquan McMillan over at Ohio State. Um, someone that you know was getting second round, maybe third round consideration. Uh, I think he had a really uh, really nice combine. I mean, he didn't blow it up necessarily, but showed that he's a, a pretty good athlete. You know, six four six two two forty came in at a four six one forty, which is in the eighty second percentile for uh, for his position. Um, he's only at twenty years old with a ton of experience, so I definitely think he's going to be a guy that that Reggie McKenzie uh, likes. You know, obviously, a, you know, a big need at the position. So, you know, second round perhaps he could be a, a strong option. Uh, probably the most impressive linebacker, or at least linebacker that could play inside, uh, in, in my opinion, was was Tyus Bowser out of Houston. Um, I mean, he definitely blew it up. 6'3", 247. I saw he ran a 4.65. His vertical was 37 and a half inches, which is pretty ridiculous for a linebacker. He blew it up in the broad jump, but the the, uh, the three cone drill uh, showed he's a big time athlete with really good size as well. So he's someone that played you know himself probably into the third round or higher. Uh, so those two linebackers stand out to me. 
And Hassan Reddick, he worked out with the defensive ends. Um, I know I consider him more of a linebacker than an end because of his size. Um, you know, he's someone that started to uh, to grow, um, you know, after the Senior Bowl, before the Combine. A lot of people figured he was going to, you know, have have a big day, and, and he definitely did that as well. Uh, probably not someone that I think can move inside too small for that, but, you know, as a, as a will linebacker, you know, playing outside, I think he would be a strong option as well. Eddie, what are you what are you what are you hearing about uh, Hassan Reddick? I feel like that that's a name that I that I keep seeing linked to the Raiders and mock drafts from yeah, cross sites. Yeah, Hassan was a, a, a former safety guy. He's not the biggest guy in the world. Uh, he's a freak athlete. He really was all over the field. They had him actually at the Senior Bowl playing inside a lot. Um, I don't know if that's what you like. You said what you want him. I think he's more of a will. Um, but as an outside guy, I mean, a Malcolm Smith replacement or something like that, I could see that. Um, I just worry about the, you know, the, obviously coming out of Temple, I worry about the um, the game tape. He really didn't have a great, strong senior year. He's going to test off the map, um, but I'm not sure I'd be there at 24 um, with a guy like that. Look, can we have the can we have the Reuben Foster conversation for a minute? Um, oh, let's let's do it. I would love because to. he he literally, I think he might be my favorite player in this draft. Um, and obviously, you and, uh, you and uh, Teddy con- too. Yeah, our, our, our boy, our boy Raiders analysis loves him, man. Uh, listen, I'll say this: I, I think the combine stuff. Obviously, getting sent home from the combine is is, is a bad look. Uh, I think he got a little short term, but from everything I heard, it was totally blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Those guys are waiting in line for 10, 10, 10 hours at a time. Doesn't doesn't make it right what he did, but I I, I just think this guy is exactly the player the Raiders need. Just like Clayus Campbell is the guy the free agent you want, Foster's the guy. And I, look, I, I, I could bet probably my mortgage he's not going to be there at 24. But the guy really brings that tenacity. He really is a game changer. I think he would look sick in silver and black just off the, <laughs> off the top of my head. And I think re- he's really that middle linebacker that we've been lacking, the guy that can go sideline to sideline. So I definitely have a, a, a draft crush on Ruben Foster. So let's say he's let's say he's available. Um, you know, maybe with the twelfth pick, he starts to to slip a little bit. Would you be okay with Reggie McKenzie getting on the horn see, and, uh, and training uh, uh, up for him? Uh, see, that's the, that's the thing. I am totally on board because this roster is set. Now they're not the, the best roster in the league, but this roster has a little bit of depth now, where you can give away it to. If there's a guy of that ilk dropping in the draft, there's no reason why you can't give up next year's you know, not next year's one but you give up this year's two and this year next year's three something like that to go get your guy because this defense you know the offense is is, is good we need a couple pieces here and there but this defense needs some uh, i'll quote jerry jones on this they need some more daddies and reuben foster fits that freaking bill to a freaking t so i have no problem trading up as long as they're not giving up you know future ones and all that stuff so do you think the uh, so him him being sent home completely like you said completely you know blown out of proportion and you don't think that he's he's slipping you know at all? No, I I think I, I think he's a top ten pick easily. Okay. So Eddie, you, you mentioned already you were at the uh, at the Senior Bowl before. Any guys that you haven't mentioned already? Um, any other thoughts from there that you want to share? Yeah, I mean a lot of the guys that I, that I mentioned, I really like uh, Kareem Hunt, the running back. Um, I think this guy could be a, a, a third round steal. Um, you know, his, I, I, I God, I'm sorry. His his combine didn't scare you away. He had he had a pretty rough day. No, I think I think the Senior Bowl showed me a little bit. He caught he caught passes out of the backfield. Um, yeah, I, I like the versatility that it brought a little bit. He he was tough inside the hall. I think he could be that guy that could be the tough uh, bruising back that this team needs. So he's really a guy that uh, kind of stuck out. And all the other guys I kind of mentioned already because I've been going back to the Senior Bowl. So. 
All right, well, following the combine, uh, I'd like to hear each of your choices for the 24th pick, assuming that the Raiders keep it. Uh, Ryan, you can go first. All right, so boys, just let's let, let's kind of get us a little bit of context here. Twenty fourth pick, are we are we doing three? We're doing same as the free agent thing. Three realistic, you know what I mean? Obviously, none of us are gonna say. No, you know what? Let's change it okay. up. No three, just one. You got one pick. You got the twenty fourth pick. <laughs> Who you taking? Damn, that's tough. Twenty fourth pick. I mean, for me, I'll, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with with my guy, McCaffrey. Wow. <laughs> Eddie, man, I'm telling you, bro, I'm in love. <laughs> uh, I, I will, go, I will go with my guy, Buda Baker, uh, out of Washington. I really like, like I said, I like the versatility. I don't worry about his height. I think he can come. He can play a little free safety, and then sub package come down and play it a little nickel. So I think he's a guy just like Micah Hyde uh, in the second. If we stay at 24, I, I like, I would like Buda Baker on my team. Real quick, you know real what? Quick, when, 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 oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so obviously I'm a, I'm a huge Buddha fan myself, but I guess my the only thing with Buddha that, that gives me pause isn't Buddha himself, I guess. So if the Raiders are drafting Buddha at 24, what happens? With, are, are we assuming that, Reg, that Reggie Nelson's gone? No, I think Reggie sticks around for another year. Like I said, I think he plays more of that, um, that nickel corner spot. I think he comes in and plays a little bit on a line of scrimmage. I, think, I really think he could do both. And then eventually, you know, let's move him back to free and play that center field. So we kind of sucks that we have to live with Reggie. You know, I'm not again. I'm not a huge Reggie Nelson fan myself. I just don't know if I could pull. I love Obi Melamafu. I really love him. I just don't know if I could pull the trigger at 24. I don't know yeah. if I could do it. So my thing with Buddha, um, I mean, I'm kind of in that that group uh that school of thought that you know two five ten safeties i don't really love the idea that uh buddha i think if he showed to be a better athlete than he tested as i would be a little bit more on board uh, you know at five ten, i saw he only came in with a 31 inch vert which is pretty poor for the position um so i don't really love the idea of pairing those two up i mean i think the guy's a bulldog quality player i just don't know if i love his fit here since we've got carl um, I was going to say in, in regard to Ryan and McCaffrey, we've all learned that when, when Ryan falls, when he falls in love, he, he falls hard. He falls, he falls real hard. Can we, can we pour some out for Ezekiel Elliott? Damn, man. Z- oh, dude. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um, so for me, 24th overall, a lot of guys um, stand out. I mean, it's a, it's an extremely deep class. I mean, at the end of the day, there's probably going to be 9, 10 guys or maybe even more than that that if, if Oakland picked, I, I would be 100% on board with. Uh, but if I was to pick just one, I was raised in the the Al Davis school of hard knocks of drafting. <laughs> I, I want the athlete. Um, you know, I'm taking I'm taking Obi. Give me the the six Damn, four freak okay. safety. You know, let's teach him how to play how to play football. I mean, he's a good fo- football player already, but you know, show him the ropes. I think he can be you know obviously a special special player. You can't teach that kind of athleticism. So that's where I'm. Well, going. to be fair, yeah, if yeah. Uh, if you were doing the Al Davis pick, it would have been you would have traded up for John, John Ross. John Ross, first overall. Four, four. You would have you would have traded your next four first round picks. Traded, would have traded Derek Carr for him. All right, uh, should we do the second and third rounds as well? All right, it. who do you guys got in the second round? One player. Man, second round. So if I'm going, if I'm going McCaffrey at 24 at 56. Shit, man. Again, cornerbacks are so deep. I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably targeting the, the best cornerback. I guess off the top of my head, um, I, I, I think Tankersley's a first round player for me. But if, if he's there, that's probably, that's probably the cornerback that, that I'm jumping is it, on. It, isn't that guy like thirty years old? 
Tankersley? <laughs> isn't he? Isn't he like twenty four? He's up there, isn't he? He is. He is. I, I want to say I mean, he's, he's. I think he's like twenty three and a half or twenty four. So he, he is a bit older, man. But his 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 tape's really really good. Uh, Tankersley, uh, Eddie Eddie mentioned Trey Trey White out of uh, out of LSU. I think that makes sense in the second round. Um, uh, a woozy out of uh, out of Colorado. Uh, if, if if he's there in the second, and I think probably my favorite cornerback that isn't Tankersley in the second is uh, is Fabian Moreau out of, out of UCLA. Tested tested really really well. Um, so kind of under the radar side. Is that your one, Dylan? Yeah, Dylan said one. I think you're one. Six. Okay, okay. So so one <laughs> one one at one at fifty six is I'll go I'll go Fabo Moreau right. out of UCLA. Eddie, and you're if, up. Second yeah, round. Go ahead, Eddie. Uh, I, I kind of like, and, and I'm leaning towards uh, what Ryan said about the cornerbacks. I like Kevin King out of Washington. But if I had one, I, I, to be honest, guys, if we take Buda Baker, I think I'm going Duke Riley at LSU. I think this guy oh. could be another Deion Jones type player. Um, and right. she, she would, he, you see what he did from the Falcons. I like Duke Riley at LSU. All right, so if I if I didn't pick OB, I would have gotten Marcus Williams here, uh, second round safety. I'm, I'm definitely really high on, but in my scenario, I'll take uh, I'll take Raquan McMillan, fill on that inside linebacker. So we got a, a safety and inside linebacker with OB and Raquan. I think that's going to help the defense uh, quite a bit. All right, let's wrap this up with the third rounders. One pick. Who do you got in the third round? Give me a gem. One pick, a kid I was super super high on prior to prior to combine testing, kind of kind of put up an egg. Um, I, th- I think I talked to Eddie about him a little bit, but my man J- Jaleel Johnson, um, if if he's there in the third again, it's a player that I'm that I'm still really really high on and jumping all over. You got a third round, a third round guy you got to try on or a couple? Yeah, since since since. Since I did the safety and uh, the linebacker, uh, I kind of fell in love with Kevin King today out of Washington. I don't know if he's going to be there in the third, uh, but I'll throw I'll throw a, a, a name out there to you guys. You guys tell me if I'm crazy or not. Uh, I don't know, Samaje Perine from Oklahoma, the running back. Love, love Perine, man. Th- 33 reps on the bench. This dude is a monster, a beast. Yeah, talk to me, talk to me. Tell uh, me more. Five, so 5'10", <laughs> to 235, he can almost pass for a fullback. Um, I think this guy goal line. I think he first of all he ran uh, four six for this. It's not. It's just not. It's okay. But I like the strength. I like the versatility. He doesn't have to wear in the tires. Obviously, with splitting the tires with Joe Mixon. So that's a, a sleeper. He could even maybe you know fourth round guy like that. But I'll go Perrine at Oklahoma. All right. So for me for the third round, um, you know, running backs couple I think would be available here. But um, I, I definitely see McKenzie waiting to the fifth or sixth round, kind of like his track record shows. Uh, so for third round pick, I would like either Kevin King if he's still going to be there. Um, so in my scenario, that would give me Ob. Uh, Raquan McMillan and Kevin King, you know, get that defense shored up. Um, either him or Jaleel Johnson, uh, if he's going to be there in the third round, I think would would be. I like I like pick. I like Nick's draft a lot better than my own. I'll just put that. On the <laughs> All right. I mean, I feel like we we make this promise every week that we're not going to talk about the stadium, and every week we find ourselves talking about the stadium. Um, the, the most recent update seems pretty serious, though. Uh, the Raiders have secured financing for the Las Vegas project with the Bank of America. And I think it was uh, Raiders analysis that was joking that uh, the bank with the worst ATMs is now partnering, partnering with the team with the with the worst stadium. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, the oh, Bank man. of Match America reports that. I mean, it looks like they'll have enough votes for the uh, for the relocation. What do you think about that? I mean, guys, I, I, I really wish, and 
I really wish it's almost a scenario, and I've probably spoken to all you guys about this. Just call me when it's over. <laughs> honestly, it's, it's, it's just such it's such you know every day the back and forth, and it's just it's a lot of mundane details. But look, if I had my my wish, obviously I want the Raiders to stay in Oakland. I'm an Oakland Raiders fan. I want them to stay in Oakland. The bottom line is the stadium is a dump. Obviously, you guys are, uh, uh, know firsthand. But the state of California doesn't have any money. It doesn't look like Oakland itself is going all out. I mean, no offense to Dr. Death and those guys, but the same pro- the proposal they put on the table all the time is the same old proposal with a couple changes here and there. And they just don't have the money. They don't have the resources to do it. So as much as I hate, I, I kind of cringe at the sound of the Vegas Raiders. It's, it sounds kind of corny to me. I think all signs point. I'll, I'll be at the owners' meetings in a couple weeks out in Arizona. Um, so I, I'll definitely you guys keep you, keep, keep you posted on that. Um, but I, I, ju- I just think all signs point, like you guys said, to them going to Vegas, whether we like it or not. And it's a shame, too, because, you know, I'll always keep them. I'll always have them in my heart as the Oakwood Raiders. If I had my way, they'd stay there. All right. Yeah, I don't I don't really have too much to add to that. I mean, kind of the same old thing. I um, mean, we've had several times before where, you know, a certain proposal sounds serious and it sounds imminent that the Raiders are going to move and then it falls apart and then it changes back. So I think I think we're all pretty much just over it at this point. Um you know, I think maybe the one nugget here is that for the first time, we kind of have an idea of where the votes might fall. Um, you know, apparently the Raiders might have 24 votes to move to Vegas. I mean, I find that kind of hard to believe. Uh, but at the same time, I know that $750 million of public money is hard to pass up. So I guess we'll uh, we'll see in a couple of weeks if they if they get that vote done. So how about we make one more promise? Let's not talk about the stadium until the vote. Can we, can we live up to uh, that we'll one? That. Or... <laughs> All right, yes. we'll see. Now, before we wrap it up, we have one more Twitter question. This one's for Eddie as well. It's from Kdub80. Uh, he says he'll let Reg, uh, he'll let Reggie do his job, but he wants to know which games you'll be attending next season. Which sounds kind of stalkerish. <laughs> like so my... maybe we shouldn't tell yeah, him. I, I, I... Yeah, is that is that a good thing or a bad thing? Does he does he want to buy you a beer? Or... He, yeah, he definitely wants to buy me. A beer. He, he he's a big loyal, right. loyal listener to Moving the okay. Chains. I appreciate my boy Kdub. Um, That's I, awesome. Do I? Uh, so I'll I'll say this, and I might you guys might have to like scratch me from the podcast, but I've never been to a game in Oakland. Oh um, my so, god! What? Uh, I've been to. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm on the I'm on the other coast. It's not really uh, that easy to get. I was actually going to get yeah. to the uh, Viking game a couple years back, but my wife got pregnant, so you know how that goes. But uh, if I have my druthers, I want to come out to a Raiders Chiefs game. Uh, and sit in a black hole and tailgate with all the fans out there. That's, yeah, that's you, my call. You got to make it out here before before it's too late. Come out to uh, come out to B lot tailgate, live it up a little bit before. Well, that's uh, the, that, before that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I, I, I mark it in stone that before this team moves wherever, I'll be out in Oakland for a game. Sounds good. Well, I mean, right. that'll do it for today's show. But Eddie, let people know where they can find you. Yeah, guys, on Twitter, obviously at Borsilly. Uh, starts with a B. You can find me. I'm always talking Raiders and NFL. Uh, I appreciate all the love and interaction, and uh, I appreciate you guys and letting me hop on here. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Let's plug plug uh, plug your show. Where can people find you on the radio? Yeah, it's uh, SiriusXM NFL Radio Channel 88. It's uh, Moving the Chains. Jim Miller, Pat Kerwin, every day from three to seven Eastern. So make sure you there check it go. out. Those, those guys are the best. Great, absolutely. 
Sounds good. All right, Eddie, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Pleasure to uh, to have you on. Uh, I know that you were a guest that we had in mind for a long time, so appreciate you taking the time to uh, to talk with us. We'll definitely have you on again, you know, as much as we can, definitely in the near future. Plenty of draft stuff, stadium stuff. We'll, we'll have you back on for sure. So I appreciate it, guys. Thanks Always. again. AB, salute. All right, well, you can find us on Twitter at JustBlogBaby. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Stitcher. <laughs> what else? SoundCloud, uh, but not I Spotify. Wanna, not Spotify. Not Spotify. <laughs> I I will get this one of these days. Gonna have I to write it get down. It, but not today. <laughs> All right, so that'll do it, right? <laughs> that'll, do <laughs> that'll, that'll do it. That'll do it. Peace. All right, guys. All right. You have a good one.